Welcome to Between Two Chairs, Demystifying Commercial Real Estate, the podcast that brings you the latest insights and trends on the South Florida commercial real estate market with your hosts, Fernando Arencibia Jr. and Jennifer Woolman. In each episode, we dive into the world of commercial real estate and break down complex concepts to make them accessible for everyone. Whether you're a real estate professional, a curious investor, or just interested in the South Florida market in general, Between Two Chairs is the podcast for you. So pull up a chair and join us. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Between Two Chairs. It's a very special episode. It is our final episode of this year as we are winding down the year and uh, celebrating the holidays with family and friends. I hope this podcast finds you all very, very well. My name is Fernando Rencivia. I have the honor of being the co-host of this wonderful podcast and with me as always is the always kind always kind i don't know i don't i don't like it that i say always kind and then you twist your head like you know you're questioning it but well she's always kind to me the incomparable jennifer woman hello everybody and welcome i love this time of year it's when we get to reflect on yeah. what's gone on during the year and set intentions for next year and goals and everything else. So this is fun. It's a time when people kind of slow down a little bit and, you know, really start looking inward and focusing on what's important. Um, You know, friends, time off, self-care, et cetera. Exactly. Exactly. I I love that. Um, You know, I think it's very important this time of year to be able to take some time off not necessarily to do, you know, something and go away and all that stuff. I mean, obviously there's there's that as well, but, you know, a little bit of time for yourself to reflect, to reflect upon your goals that are, and uh, and to kind of look back on the year and see where, you know, what are, what are more importantly, the lessons that you have learned. You know, this is a time where there's a lot of reflection, there's a lot of goal setting, but um, sometimes people start with a goal setting without reflecting upon how the year went through, what were the what were, what were the ups, what were the downs? And I think that that is the most valuable thing for us is what did we learn about our market? What did we learn about ourselves, uh, you know, throughout the year so that we can um, better inform our goals for 2024? Right. And we start setting our goals pretty early in October. October. So I have to admit, I'm really, really bad at looking backwards. Yeah. <laughs> um, I tend to just focus on the moment. So if I look back and I had a failure, I tend to have analyzed it at the time of failure and then just kind of shake it off, take the lessons learned and moved on yeah. and, and move on. I tend to focus more on the today and now and then with the exception of like business planning, not look yeah. too far in the future. Um, because once I have my business plan for the next year or the next five years, it's just breaking it down into what do I need to do today? My family can tell you that I, I really don't plan super, super far ahead. One thing I do do is I take the calendar, figure out vacations for the year and figure out conferences and business deals that I have to do for the year. Yeah. Other than that, I I don't plan that far ahead and I don't look 
that far back. So yeah. this, when you said, why don't we do this episode on looking back and reflecting? It was interesting because I know I learn a lot every year, but I yeah. tend to take like the top one to three things that I learn if I'm attending a conference or if I hear a speaker, or if I read a book, I highlight them yeah. and then I implement them right away. Right. right. Because I feel yeah. like if I'm like, oh, I'll address this someday, it never gets done. Um, so I tend to incorporate it into my business plan or my yeah. daily schedule at the time. But so I went through I had to scroll through my pictures <laughs> to kind of jog my memory of uh, I also have a very bad memory for for the minor stuff. But um, yeah. I did. I did. The first thing I learned is that I take a lot of pictures that I mean to post and then do absolutely nothing with. Um, oh, that's a lesson in in and of itself exactly so i might have to reflect on that and think okay one i either need to take less pictures or how do i take pictures and post while still being present and in the moment because right. i know that if i don't do it in that moment right. it'll pass so. it'll pass anyway. I, I i suffer from the same thing and oftentimes i do a lot of uh throwback tuesdays or <laughs> thursdays or whatever it is That's just because idea. sometimes there are moments in which it does merit reflection before you post. And then there are moments where, you know, it's, 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 you're capturing a moment in time and you, you want to share it. And so, you know, it merits to be shared at that moment without much, uh, uh, perspective, if you will. I do think that it's a little bit of a superpower to, to have the ability to not look back. And, you know, I think that, I think that there is value in, in what you're saying in that, you know, the lessons are learned at the moment that they happen and then you move on. So, you know, I, I kudos to you for that. I think that that's, that's very, uh, that's, that's a very powerful thing, you know? And, uh, so tell me, I mean, where, where do you want to, where do you want to start? Is that your. So no, so that, that was kind of it. And yeah. I, I think there is something to be said about reflection. I mean, um, other than goal setting, probably, right? Like right. in goal setting, I always look at what were my goals for this year in, in October when I'm setting my new goals, where, where did I hit the mark? Where did I yeah. over, you know, overachieve? Where did I underachieve? What did I miss and why? And you know, if there are goals that I've had over the years and never hit those, then, you know, you know, you either need to get rid of them or focus right. on them more that yeah. they're just not going to happen. My so, three biggest yeah. takeaways this year, I think. Well, why don't we do one on one? OK. And then that way we, we can go through. So what, what what is your first takeaway of the year? So my first one is patience when you're tackling something new. Right. Be patient with yourself. Be patient with the people around you. Be patient with the process. Trust the process. Yeah. If you've outlined it well, you've thought it through, it's going to happen. It's kind of the, you know, Darren Hardy's compound effect theory. And that's hard, right? Because if yeah. you're excited about something and you've you've done something new and it's your goal to get from X to Y by a certain time, you, you can get impatient and right. you can cut corners or get frustrated. And I think that once you allow frustration and impatience to kick in, mm -hmm. that you're more likely to fail because then right. you stop doing the items that you had planned to do to move it forward. Right. And I think for a lot of us, especially in places like Miami, where I feel like we're constantly go, go, going, mm -hmm. and you and I, just in terms of all of the things that we say yes to mm -hmm. and all of the things that we're involved in and our families and our communities and our businesses and volunteer work and everything else, 
I guess that's where you need to take pause, reflect, and just be patient and, and trust that you're planning is going to get you there. It just might take a little bit longer than you anticipated in your eagerness. And that applies to everything, business, investments. I think it's a very uh, important lesson. You know, you say something that that's, you know, when you're impatient, that's where you fail or you could lead to failure. I think it's more about that's, you know, you're likely to make a mistake uh, out of being impatient than the other way around. Obviously, there is uh, a time to act. And I think action with the right intent and uh, the right level of work uh, is always rewarded. But um, there is a place, uh, you know, for patients to be uh, in the mix. And, you know, I think when uh, we work with a lot of agents that are uh, transitioning into commercial or new into the business, and, you know, when I look at the elements of success, and if you look at it as if it was a recipe that you're baking, you know, the most difficult one is timing. It's giving it time and and having the patience to wait because the end result is going to be much better and and kind of letting things play out. I think that that's an important component. For, for me, one of the lessons that I learned this year has to do with the market that we are in. You know, I, I, it's just the incredible resiliency of the South Florida, you know, commercial real estate market and real estate market as a whole. Even as we go through uh, all of the the things that we mentioned in a prior episode that have been quite influential in our marketplace, like high interest rates and, you know, inflationary forces that are affecting, you know, commercial real estate. The fact that we're in a market that feels very much like the entire world has discovered it and that there is a lot of headwinds for our marketplace uh, just because of not only the demographic uh, shifts that we're seeing, but more importantly, the number of companies that are moving into Miami, uh, both nationally and internationally. You know, when, when I look specifically at the office sector and we see how well office is performing in South Florida, specifically in Miami, compared to the rest of the nation, and it is, you know, quite a significant and shocking difference, that's something that it's going to be a a very important thing to monitor because for a long time, we can always kind of predict the cycles of uh, the real estate and the economy in South Florida. And everybody would always say that we are a boom and bust city, right? That, That we would go through these ebbs and flows. I think that before the pandemic, that was getting reshifted right the cycles were shit were changing and like everything else that the pandemic did it it accelerated this trend we're starting to reevaluate what really is the 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 cycles of our local economy and so you know i think that there's a lot of powerful lessons there the other thing i will say is that there are lessons from the feeder markets in which we're getting this influx and how they are suffering because of decisions that they have made in their marketplace that I think are equally important lessons for this year so that we don't replicate those issues as we deal with everything that comes with a a city that is growing by leaps and bounds. Right. And I, I want to make it clear. I mean, everything's not all unicorns and rosy in my in Miami and of South course. Florida. Our market yeah. has definitely yeah. been more resilient than than others. But our dear deal volume and number of transactions right. and dollar volume and no. everything is significantly off. But to your point, we've been yeah. more resilient. And I think that brings up another thing that I thought about as I was trying to reflect on what I learned. And I guess it's more 
not so much a learning, but an observation. When COVID hit, everyone was like, real estate's going to die. Nobody's going to move. It's going to crash. And it did the opposite, right? Mm -hmm. It took off everywhere. I don't care where you were from. I mean, real estate took off. People were moving. To your point, the shifts that were happening happened a lot faster and a much right. larger larger scale. So it was way more noticeable than the yeah. little compound effect changes that aren't yeah. as noticeable. And the other thing that that made me think of, and then this year, you know, everything's gonna collapse. We had three bank failures. Again, the Armageddon kind right. of scenario. Yeah. And I think the lesson there is regardless of what the news says and the media says, just keep your head down, do what yeah. you're going to do, because those are things that whether they happen or not, you can't affect them. Nothing right. you're going to do is going to change the headlines. That's right. But people are always investing. Yeah. What is a negative for some is a positive for others. People yeah. always need a place to live. Um, people always need a place to buy stuff from. So... Again, in terms of the headlines and everything, just kind of tune out the overall noise. And because the predictions for both COVID and for total real estate collapse that Mm -hmm. has been, you know, pretty much touted since 2020 hasn't happened. You know, it's really interesting because you and I, as we have been recording these podcasts, we, we never tell each other what we're thinking, we never share a stat, we never, you know, we, we try to keep it as fresh as possible. It's just so interesting to me that in, in a big way, your second lesson is uh, a lot to do with my second lesson. So when I was processing this, my first one was about resiliency, but my second one was about perspective. And I find it interesting that sometimes the way that the news is reporting what is happening in an economy, the reporting of the news moves the needle more than the economic conditions that are, you know, sometimes behind that. So, you know, a big lesson that I learned this year was about the power of perception is understanding that our job is not necessarily to convince someone that their perception is wrong or that they're seeing the market in the wrong way. I think the other way around is that our job is to find when there are differences between perception and reality and find the opportunity that lies in between that chasm. Right. right. Because, you know, it's like, uh, you know, that Warren Buffett letter, you know, right at the start of the Great Recession, you know, he talks about you invest when other people are afraid and you hold back when everybody is, you know, superly bullish. I am more and more have realized that, you know, there's more value in managing perception and there's more value in looking for how the market sees things versus how the market really is. Um, or how the media is presenting it and how that's affecting the mindset of people that are playing within the, the market and then finding where is the opportunity in in between those two things. That's something that is going to serve anybody who does that forever, you know, whether you're an investor, uh, you know, a broker uh, or just a participant in the market from time to time. It's also about life, right? Life is right. about, you know, you talk about basics and I think that that's a very important thing. You know, a lot of times people uh, overvalue or undervalue what they have lost or gained and they don't see the perspective of, of really what has happened. 
and of keeping it simple and and basic. And I I think it's funny that you said that, because, again, I swear, people, we we don't discuss anything other than the title or the topic. And we don't even discuss what we're going to say. We just say the topic or if it's an asset class, the asset class, and then that's it. But uh, talking about keeping it basic, one of the other things that I learned, and I guess it's not really learned, it's like was reminded of, again, was Dilly Becker and her cowgirl math and investing on the edge of scary. Very, very simple uh, concepts, right? You can have all of these spreadsheets and fancy, you know, IRRs and cap rate calculations and cash on cash and all these different Mm -hmm. types of calculations. And her cowgirl math is like, it's really not all that complicated. (laughs) And um, that's a reminder, you know, that was a reminder too. And I love that. I got that from her during the Women's Investing in Real Estate Summit um, it, that took place earlier in 2023. And it was awesome yeah. because I kept going back to that throughout the year. And then, so for anyone who's interested, the next um, Women's Investing in Real Estate Summit is March 14th and 15th in South Florida. We'll, in 2024, in South Florida, we'll include a link. It's awesome. You learn a lot. You mm-hmm. get a ton of information. I mean, that was just one of the m- many things that I got out of that conference. But mm-hmm. so was, did you already give us your second thing, yeah. which was the, the, the perception? Yeah, perception. Okay. So what was your third? My third, again, was more of a reminder and it felt particularly important this year, given the fact that we started a company and you and I, and we started a podcast and we love what we do and I can get totally absorbed in it and work on it 24 seven. But my husband retired last year. (laughs) And uh, so the the reminder was that, and I can't remember the name of the speaker that spoke at Florida Realtors who said that, you know, make sure that your family gets the best of you and not what's right. left of you. Yeah. And that was a failing on my part this year. I was so excited about the company and everything we're doing. And um, I, got, I got excited and, you know, head down, thinking of new ideas, you know, ticking away at our to-do list and all of the education and stuff that we were providing. And um, we had the option to travel to two places that weren't on my bucket list for for really, really good families, friends of ours, weddings. And they happened to be back to back. And I was going to say, okay, this is going to be a marathon. We're going to go three days to this place, come back. I'm going to work. Then we're going to fly out three days to this place. And both my husband and my daughter are like, we're going to go to Peru and not do Machu Picchu. (laughs) And I was like, no, like, it's okay. I saw it in National Geographic. I can, you know, I can see it on YouTube. I can. And luckily, I have a friend who knows me extremely, extremely well. And I apologize to my son and my daughter that she has more (laughs) influence on me in convincing me of certain things than you guys do. But um, Mm -hmm. she said, you I know you. She goes, you have to go to Machu Picchu. It might not have been on your bucket list, but it is someplace special. And so. I had to struggle, and I I know I spoke to you several times (laughs) over it. I I struggled with that because I was really torn between that, and and I'm so glad that I did it with my family. It was an amazing, amazing trip. 
I probably would never have the opportunity yeah. to do that again without, again, to your point that I don't necessarily yeah. plan specific stuff in advance, but mm -hmm. I'm glad I did it. And if I hadn't had that nagging reminder in the background yeah. saying, you know, give your family your best and not yeah. what's left, um, I might have made a big mistake. I'm, there. I'm glad you did too. You know, many, 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 many years ago, my wife and I took a trip and we were in Italy and we were getting ready to go and see the statue of David. The The car that was taking us there was late. We, we were scheduled to pick up a train early in the day. And we, and of course, the gallery is late in opening, right? <laughs> Imagine that, right? The museum is That's late so in opening. Yeah, somebody was grabbing a cappuccino and, you know. So anyhow, you know, in my mind, I was already succumbing to the fact that I'm not going to see it, you know. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking to myself, like, well, look, I've seen it in pictures. Right. I've seen it a bunch of different ways, you know. What's the big deal, you know? But then when I when I was in front of that marble piece, it was it was awe inspiring. It was it's it really is something to behold, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Especially when you know the story about this piece of marble that no artist wanted to touch because it had a, a hairline fracture right through it. And right. then what what that work of art is 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 it you know it's it's something to behold. So I'm glad that you had that experience. That even though it wasn't in your bucket list, right. that you were able to really experience something wonderful and surprising, right? Because you were you never thought that you were in your life going to go to Machu Picchu, and then to have that experience, I think it's 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 awesome. And I think and that to share it with your husband who's sure. retired, and you know, so for it's sure. awesome. And so I think that brings up two really good points. One is as much as we plan for our businesses and our lives, we shouldn't be yeah. so stuck in our plan that we don't take advantage of opportunities that yeah. present itself that weren't on my bucket list or that weren't in my plan yeah. because some of those are actually the most amazing and memorable opportunities. Yeah. And the second thing, and it reminds me of that picture that was on your screensaver and you talking about nature and what we both just commented me with, I had seen Machu Picchu in pictures and you had seen David, is that I think we need to be hyper aware in these days of everything being digital and remote mm. that you can see something and experience it on a screen or in the movies or whatever, but it's a mental experience. When yeah. you're physically there, it's an emotional right. experience. Right. So my connection with Machu Picchu yeah. before was purely intellectual. It was like, oh my gosh, look yeah. at the, this amazing architecture, the history, the yeah. all of that. And I think the same thing for you when you saw David, yeah. but Oh my gosh, I get goosebumps just thinking of the feeling that I had when I was in Machu Picchu. Mm -hmm. Like no picture is ever going to get that emotional response. And I, yeah. I think, especially in our business and in our industry and in this time, that we have to make a very deliberate effort of having that emotional connection to whatever it is, to the yeah. experience, to the people we're interacting with, to the places we're visiting or the artwork we're seeing, because it make it makes a difference. And I think at the end of the day, it's what keeps us all human. I'll tell you my uh, my last lesson is about um, how much I enjoy doing the podcast and how much I enjoy. Um, teaching, how much I enjoy, you know, being a part of other 
of the journey of other human beings. And I think you've gotten to know me a little better, you know, seeing seen a little bit of more of the rough side of me. And, you know, I could be very, how do I put it, very engaged in multitasking and trying to do a bunch of stuff. But once we start recording and once we, or once we're, you know, we're, we're, we're teaching or, or doing a Zoom with people or, or meeting people in person, you know, I'm, I'm just really happy that I get to be in the moment and that I don't have to force it. And that once we turn it on, I don't feel like I'm like my mind is wondering. I just, I'm just here. I'm here I'm now with you. I'm present. And so you always learn things about yourself in your life. I mean, that's an important component of the meaning of life is, you know, you grow, you learn, you expand yourself, you put yourself in uncomfortable situations. That's the only way to learn. And, you know, the fact that uh, I'm able to do that and I'm able to be in the moment uh, fills me with a lot of joy because I feel like I, you know, in that, in those moments, I don't shortchange. Well, at the heart uh, of everything, you're a teacher, you're a teacher and it comes through and it's natural and, and um, you're amazing at it. You're a great public speaker and you get your thoughts across clearly and concisely. Well, not always concisely. Sometimes we, but you're a great storyteller. And I, I, you know, I think there's a lot to be said in that. And the fact that you're willing to share your ideas, insights, experience, et cetera, is, you know, an amazing part of you. So this is our uh, last episode of the year. And, you know, uh, since we're talking about, you know, the joy of really making this and uh, look, I think anybody who has listened to us for more than a couple of episodes realizes that this is not very polished. We don't, you know, we don't over uh, produce it. Uh, You know, we want to be very raw in the moment, mistakes and all, warts and all, we want to put it out there. It really has been also a joy to hear so many people that reach, that tell us, um, and it's always surprising to us that says, Hey, I listened to this. I have it. You know, I get the reminder. I, you know, uh, I know we have a couple of people have listened to every single one of them. Uh, shout out to Vivian Macias. Thank you for that. Uh, we really appreciate being a part of that and you being a part of this journey. But so one of the things that we want to do is we would love to get from um, anyone who's listening out there ideas for topics that you want us to cover, you know, next year, you know, the name of the podcast is between two chairs, demystifying commercial real estate. And, you know, we're, we're trying to transverse this balance of, we want to talk about our market. And we also want to talk about larger ideas within commercial real estate and breaking it down in a manner can be absorbed by all. We believe that everybody uh, should have the opportunity and the information that they need in order to invest in commercial real estate. We see an incredible value you in that. So we would love to hear from you of, you know, any ideas, any thoughts, any topics that you want us to cover. And we also wanted to do a fun giveaway as a result of that. So we're going to put it out all over social media. But what we would like is for you to send us a topic in our social media sites, whether it's LinkedIn or in Facebook, Instagram, et cetera, et cetera. Share your ideas with us. Put hashtag uh, B2C. All right, for between two chairs. So hashtag B2, the number two and the and the letter C. What we'll do is, you know, within the first two weeks of the year, we'll gather everybody's idea and uh, we'll do a raffle among all those that participated and we will give away a $100 uh, gift card. And uh, we got a lot of great things coming up next year for Between Two Chairs podcast, including um, a lot of the videos that we have made. Do you want to... Add anything to that? 
I do not. You covered that perfectly. I know that you, like me, really appreciate all of those that have participated with us, that have agreed to be interviewed, uh, that have been a part of it. Those have been some of the funnest. uh, Oh, my God. We've had a blast. I've got to admit, it's way more fun than I thought it would be when you first mentioned (laughs) this years ago. My eyeball roll, I think, went like 360. (laughs) Um, And... No, it's it's been fun, and to Absolutely. your point, just the conversations we've yeah, had right. with people, and yeah. God, we're in such an amazing industry. I'm just so grateful every day that, that I so got true. into I the commercial real oh, estate sector and the I people so that we have to meet and Absolutely. have met, and Absolutely. nothing as we yeah. wrap up. Fun start. It's December 28th. We're coming upon one of my favorite days of the year, which is December 31st. Uh Um, One of my favorite days of the year, not for what everyone thinks, but because I got married on the 31st of December. So we always have fireworks for our um, wedding anniversary. So of course I'm working on fireworks sales. That's my that's my uh, <laughs> that's stat right. of the day, and this nice. comes from the Guardian mm-hmm. that um, they're expecting revenues for fireworks for the year altogether. That includes everything, not just for New Year's, to exceed 2.3 billion dollars for 2023. Wow. Americans spend three times more than we did in 2012 on um, fireworks and that sales could top 3.3 billion by 2028. I don't know if that's so good for the environment and our ears and everything else, but they sure are fun. And our ears. (laughs) (laughs) They're loud. If you're under them, they're loud. And I love the smell of fireworks. I don't know why I love that bird Really? Yeah. Interesting, interesting. (laughs) What is your stat? Mine is about package performance. And that is, uh, you know, look, this is a, <laughs> it's the season of packages delivery. <laughs> let's let's be honest here, right? Uh, you know, I can I can attest to that in my own house, uh, and it is my own doing. But I'll tell you this: in 2019, UPS delivered 4.7 billion domestic packages. FedEx delivered 3 billion, and Amazon. 1.9 billion, so it's a very small amount. Look at the shift that has happened over the last few years. Last year, UPS delivered 5.3 billion, Amazon 5.2 billion packages, and FedEx 3.3 billion. The idea is that this year, the expectation is that Amazon is going to uh, out-deliver both UPS and FedEx, so the volume is expected to be over 6 billion packages delivered by the end of this year. God, Americans keep uh, shopping. They keep shopping. I know. Shopping. I think my no, husband's really contributed a lot to that because <laughs> since he retired, I, we, yeah. we're getting way more Amazon yeah. packages as he Absolutely. works on all of his projects. <laughs> you know what I find interesting? The last sentence in this stat is that the, the United States Postal Service remains the largest parcel provider for, for Amazon. So, yeah, well, and I'm... Yeah. I totally believe that because I have seen them delivering on Sundays. I'm like, since when did the U.S. Postal right. Service deliver yeah. Sundays? That's it was right. always, you know, through wind, sleet, and hail, right. but never on a Sunday. And now <laughs> well, Amazon's got them delivering twenty four seven. That's right. <laughs> exactly right. Exactly right. Exactly right. Well, thank you for joining us, everybody. Yeah. We appreciate each and every one of you. Yeah. Have a wonderful rest yeah. of 2023, and we're looking forward to all that you're going to accomplish in 2024 until next year. Well, before, yes, until next year, I just wanted to say uh, 
because it is a season of giving, but it's also a season of gratitude. I want to give a shout out to our trusty office uh, leader and and really, uh, you know, finder podcast. Yeah, yeah she's like this. She's like the uh, Swiss uh, Army knife of uh of, of real estate and that is our very own jessica joffrey for helping us uh with the setup of uh the podcast and and all of the hard work around we want to thank uh corinna your daughter mm-hmm. who uh by the way corinna i had that uh that vegan banana bread <laughs> oh my god it was so good but my wife took a huge bite of it so if you could make some more i would really appreciate it i thought i was more you know i was more worried about about your mom taking a bite of it but it was my wife who took a big chunk yesterday so uh but anyhow thank you for the banana bread but thank you more importantly for all the hard work that you do in editing this podcast and making sure that it sounds great and giving us all of your technical advice, which has been, you know, uh, just incredibly important to us. And of course, last but not least to all of you who listen to the podcast, all of you who comment on the podcast, all of you who let us know what you liked, um, you know, on the podcast. And, uh, you know, we really appreciate you listening. And all of you who said yes to the interviews. That's right. That's right. All right, guys. God bless you all. I hope you have a wonderful end of the year. And uh, we'll see you, see you again year. in 2024. Wow. Ciao for now. Ciao, ciao.